The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Hope that 2023 is off to a fantastic start for you. Welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the first episode of 2023 here in January. Can't believe it's here. Time is flying when you're having fun, isn't it? Anyway, as always, you can check us out online at osipfoundation.org. Please contact the show using the email address podcast at osipfoundation.org to send us your stories of sportsmanship, both good and bad. On social media, you can check us out at facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Twitter and Instagram are at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. You can also check out the apparel store on Bonfire. Our book is on Amazon. We got a YouTube page. I don't even know what else to plug anymore. It's just expanding constantly. We do have some great episodes coming up for you later this year. Uh, our good friend Chris Conroy is going to join us uh, in, a, in a future episode reasonably soon, and I hope that uh, our producer engineer, Sean Ryan, joins us for that as well. And uh, we got some fun stuff planned for the upcoming year. Uh, but we wanted to start off just with a kind of a run-of-the-mill thing, as even you know, in the holiday season, you can't escape poor sportsmanship. And uh, a few things came across my desk that I wanted to uh, address. Um, they, even if they're they were under the radar, they're they're still you know worthy of discussion because they're showing up on ESPN and 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 stuff like that. Um, so the the first thing that I saw that I wanted to address was what's going on in Australia right now with soccer um the australian uh football league shall we say um is facing a lot of backlash because what they're doing is they've changed uh one of their big protocols um what they used to do was the 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 championship game the season decider um would be hosted by the highest-ranked team. You know, the old home field advantage, uh, very similar to what we have here in baseball and hockey and basketball, instead of uh, what they do, for example, with American football, which is at a neutral site. Now, in America, that makes sense because the amount of work that goes into uh, the Super Bowl is quite massive, and they also realize how much money is involved. It's 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 a production, okay? But pe- and people uh, travel for it; they really do. You know, um, in Australia, that's not the case. Australia found an opportunity to to follow what the NFL is doing and make a lot of money 
in doing it. So they did it. You know, if, if, when, when money's involved like that, you know, geez, how can you turn that down? Um, you know, so they said basically, look, you know, we're, 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 we're trying to build a unique opportunity and, um, you know, they, they, they also, you know, reference what's going on in England where, you know, when you think, think about, think about the cup final in England, you know, it's always played at Wembley. Um, and, but in Australia, it's different. And a lot of people, especially players, have come out and been against it. Uh, there are a lot of players who say they don't like this. Um, some players have come out and said, look, you know, I, I appeared in a video that promotes this uh, because I am in the, in, you know, in the league and they have the right to use my, my footage, but I do not support it. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, there's just a lot, there was a lot of pushback uh, from, from this uh, decision. And as a result of that, there was an incident uh, in Melbourne where uh, some violence came up. So, so essentially what happened here was that, uh, let's see here. There was there was a, there was a, a a match in Melbourne where essentially um, there was a joint walkout planned, and what happened was that um, fans of both teams, because the the game was between or the match was between Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City, they started throwing flares onto the playing surface, and. These flares actually began to hit people, uh, camera operators. Um, there was all—I I believe a goaltender was was struck. Um, it says here also. I'm looking at an article on ESPN that fans had already ignited flares and small fireworks throughout, you know, the first 20 minutes of the game, um, and then it, it it got really bad. Then there was a, a situation where. Uh, if I'm reading this correctly, um, in the 20th minute, uh, there was a spiraling series of events that saw City goalkeeper Tom Glover, uh, who was attempting to clear a projectile that had landed near him on the field, he threw a flare off the pitch and back into uh, the stands. And then this led to a host of fans storming onto the pitch. At which point, Glover was then hit in the head by a metal bucket filled with sand designed to extinguish flares hurled in his direction. The referee also suffered a gash to the head from a thrown bucket. And the, the game's referee coach was pushed into the fence. It was pretty bad. Um, uh, the uh, Glover needed uh, stitches and had a suspected concussion. Um... It was. We do we really think that this type of 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 behavior is appropriate? Uh, as soon as this happened, you know, everyone made their their way off the pitch, and um, the match was abandoned. This and this is the first time that uh, an A League's fixture has been called off for such a reason. In a statement, Victoria Police said that approximately 150 to 200 victory supporters stormed the field and confirmed the injuries 
uh, to both Glover and King, King being the match official, as well as the injury suffered by the Network 10 cameraman when he was hit by a flare. Um, there's really... There's there's really no reason for something like this to happen. It's that simple. Um, if you want to stage a walkout, stage a walkout. That you know that that's fine. You know, like like they used to do with the old sit-ins. Okay, these are all acceptable things. What's not acceptable is crossing those boundaries. Do we really think as a society that it is acceptable to, 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 to be violent and to go places where we're not supposed to in order to protest? And we see it, we see it all over. And we see it when alcohol is involved and when it's not involved. It, it's a deep psychological issue. Okay? It really is. Um. It, it begs the question of whether or not a, an examination of our psyche needs to be held in order to understand why we feel so entitled to do such things. Um, again, when alcohol is involved, it might be a different story because you know the, the chemistry changes. But why do we as human beings feel entitled to do such things? It's a, it's a great question. And... We need to realize that we, we really shouldn't be doing stuff like that. We really cannot be storming the playing surface of these fields. Imagine if everybody at Yankee Stadium, if 50,000 people at Yankee Stadium suddenly just burst onto the field. What do you think would happen? Don't, go, don't think about it too much because you'll, you'll, you'll start to have blood squirt out your ears, Okay. Anyway, wanted to get that one across. Now, here's another one that that I wanted to um, address, and I just found this before I started recording the show. Okay, and I and again, I thought this was an interesting thing. Um, the article is found uh, on the Concordia Sentinel, uh, which covers uh, Louisiana's Delta since 1876, and the author here is Joey Martin. And he's basically talking about uh, in, in this in what appears to be an op-ed piece about the sportsmanship of the NCAA and what goes on and and how there's really a lot of things like running up the score and um, and stuff like that. You know, it talks about talks about how we think that you know running onto the field is okay. Um, you know, to kind of connect the two, you know, because that happens at a lot of of, of college games as well, um, which which begs the question: Is there a difference? I feel like if we if we dive into the minutia, there is a difference. Collegiate students storming a field usually occurs following a game. Usually, does not involve violence. It's about exuberance. Alcohol is usually involved. Don't get me wrong. And that doesn't necessarily make it acceptable, but it does make it less threatening. We do have to accept that. Is it, is it, is it an appropriate thing to do? No, it's really not. But 
the chances of someone getting a flare thrown at them in a collegiate setting is not as bad as the other one that we described. You know what I mean? Um, so we do, we, we do have to, to have to kind of pump the brakes on that, but let's, let's shift over to another thing here. You know, the, in this article, they're talking about running up the score. And I think the thing that needs to be addressed here, because they see a lot of this poor sportsmanship happening at the collegiate level with the NCAA. As I'm reading this article about how a you know a 70 to nothing win is not is going to be different than a 21 to 14 win and things like that um the one thing that i started to think about was how the ncaa especially in football operates in terms of its postseason we need to keep this thing in mind unlike professional sports Collegiate sports operate with a very subjective system. We we look at the the programs and rather than solely base rankings and standings on performance, we use things like strength of schedule and point differential and you know victories against teams that are better than us to kind of break it down you know into into a, a simpler term and the NCAA also looks at it in terms of money what kind of matchup between two programs that might have high visibility is going to be more lucrative. There is a lot of that. I mean, and geez, look at the amount of bowls that we have in college football. There's, you know, I, I hate to say it, the 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 FCS, the championship series of the the second tier Division One teams is a, is more structured than the FBS, which is the one that's plastered everywhere. The football the the football bowl series. It's 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 really inconsistent. So. The question becomes, you know, I think what, what what's, what's coming on here is that when there's so much subjectivity in this, we give these schools carte blanche to do things like run up the score because there's going to be a scenario where those things come into play in order to determine playoff appearances. It's the God's honest truth. If we want to stop things like running up the score, we need to develop better systems to reward our schools. Hell, even in, in basketball, look at the look at March Madness, okay? Look at the bracket that comes out. Okay. When that bracket comes out and everyone's ranked and seated and whatnot, a lot of those teams punched their ticket to the big dance by winning a championship. Okay. But a lot of those teams are also at large bids. They literally request to the NCAA to be put into the tournament even though they did not win a championship to, to get an automatic bid. And the NCAA looks at all these subjective things and says, yeah, okay, we'll put you in because we know that we can, 
we can figure that one out. You know, we'll, it'll benefit us. And then on top of that, when they start seeding these teams 1 through 16, you know, again, a lot of subjective things go into where those teams rank. It's a very, very convoluted system. Now, in fairness, in collegiate sports, there is not a lot of parity. That's why we have Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, and that's why a lot of a lot of conferences within those divisions are constantly changing. Some Division One conferences are much weaker than other Division One conferences. It comes down to money. It comes down to money. So. It, it, so when we talk about sportsmanship and parity with things like this in this article, we have to remember that collegiate sports is not about collegiate sports are not about the student athletes. Unfortunately, it brings us to that bigger picture of does the NCAA really care about student athletes or do they care about making money? And I think we all know where that's going to go. So if you don't want to see the scores getting out of hand. Rather than complain about it, look for the solutions or the understanding as to why it's occurring. It kind of goes back to a situation, if you, if you read you know, our book on sportsmanship, A Critical Reader and Handbook, we did talk about a situation about running up the score. And let me, let me tell the anecdote real quick. There was a situation in the World Baseball Classic where Canada was playing Mexico. And... Canada was up, I believe, by about five runs in the ninth inning. And the Canadian batter who led off the inning laid down a bunt, which in terms of the unwritten rules is a no-no. But you know why he did it? Because there was a tiebreaker that was going to be used that might help determine whether Canada advances or not. And by laying down that bunt, he may have helped his team with that tiebreaker. And Mexico was not aware of that, and it, it caused a huge brawl. So rather than saying shame on Canada for going against the unwritten rules and running up the score, in the book we actually say shame on Mexico for not understanding Canada's fiduciary duty. Mexico needed to understand, and Mexico. And this is this is another thing that happens in sports all the time that leads to poor sportsmanship. When you partake in a particular sport, in a particular tournament, in a particular set of rules, you need to understand every facet of those rules. Because if you don't, this sort of thing can happen. I see this all the time in high school baseball. The rules in high school baseball are different than the rules in Major League Baseball. Do you know how many high school baseball coaches, players, parents, and fans have no clue that those things are different? And then I am the bad guy as the umpire for enforcing the rules properly in high school baseball. People need to understand that and they need to be educated about that. And I'll tell you this too. When I was a high school student playing high school baseball, there were times that I was being taught certain things, and I was like, this doesn't make any stupid sense. And I come to find out many years later, the reason I was being taught that at the time was because high school baseball required different rules. And if the coaches had simply educated us properly, 
we would have said, oh, okay, we'll do it. I, I can't tell you the biggest one. In official baseball rules, if a bulk is, occur, is committed by the pitcher, it is a delayed dead ball, which means that you wait for playing action to stop before you call time and enforce necessary penalties. In high school baseball, a bulk is an immediate dead ball, which means you call time immediately and nullify any playing action. Biggest example, runners on base. Pitcher is in the stretch position. He does not come set before he delivers the pitch. In Major League Baseball, when that happens, if he delivers the pitch and the batter hits a home run, the umpires are to call the balk, but to let play go on. And if, and if the home run is hit, the home run stands. What essentially happens is you go to the coach of the team that hit the home run and you say, okay, look, you have two options here. Do you want to take the result of the play, which is the home run, or do you want to take the result of the penalty, which is the bulk, and have the batter hit again with the runners advancing one base? And any, any idiot's going to say, no, we'll take the home run. Okay, so that's why we just kind of jump ahead a little bit and say, it's the home run. In high school baseball, in that same scenario, I have to wipe away that home run. I have to say, I'm sorry, that home run does not stand. In high school baseball, a bulk is a dead ball. It's God's honest truth. There are there are rule differences, and we need to understand that. And just, just like these types of situations, it it's a shame that things that are considered poor sportsmanship occur. But the reason that they occur is because of these loopholes. It's not as cut and dry as you may think. We need to do a better job as a society. And as, as 2023 is here, let's, let's make a determination, each of us, to do that when it comes to this, these types of things in competition. Be an educated fan or an educated player, an educated coach. Educate yourself in whatever role that you have to best understand why things are happening the way that they are. Because it may not be as simple as somebody's just being a jerk. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It happens, okay? But we do need to understand that situations do occur where maybe that's just not what it seems. And no matter what, let's do a better job of not inciting violence over things we don't like. There are plenty of other ways to voice displeasure that does not involve the breaking of laws and the putting of other people in harm's way. I'll leave it at that. Anyway, I hope you all have a fantastic new year. It's, it's, it, I'm hoping that 2023 is great for everybody. Um, as a reminder, make sure you stay in touch with us. Check us out online at osipfoundation.org. 
Uh, contact the show, podcast at osafoundation.org, facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Be sure to check out our apparel store, buy our book, The Whole Nine. Uh, we look forward to talking with everybody again soon. We're going to have some great guests on. And uh, until then, not only a happy new year to all of you, but treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.